You're listening to the iFanboy Pick the Week Podcast, episode 194, live from San Diego. I'm going to need to keep it down. Sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service. Live. You just like the being molded into a libertine dream. I feel so sorry for you. If you were 13, I'd let you off, but you're not, you shouldn't know better. Got my balls on no thought with a pocket pen and write you a letter, but there's not enough paper in the world. There's not enough paper in the world. Have you heard all your friends go? Welcome to the iFanboy Pick Week Podcast, episode 194. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with... Connor Kilpatrick. Connor Kilpatrick, it hurts. Hi, I'm Josh Flanagan. Jim Rachkowski. Gordon the Intern. And we are all sitting in our hotel room awkwardly around a computer recording this podcast for you in San Diego while at the San Diego Comic-Con. It is... uh, well into the con. <laughs> and, uh, it's a, a day. <laughs> Days have passed. And our voices are lacking. But uh, but we're having a great time. But we wanted to make sure that we recorded the podcast for you so you had something to listen to on your drive to work on Monday. Um, for those of you who have never heard this before, I'm sorry. <laughs> but this is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast where we talk about comics that come out. Um, we all read our books that came out, and one of us um, picks the best one that come out that week and dubs it the Pick of the Week, writes a review of it on iFanboy.com, then we come here to talk about it, as well as the other comics that came out. Um, a bit of warning for you. We're going to talk about what happened in the book, so there might be a spoiler or two. Um, so if you haven't read your books, you might want to press pause and come back, or listen and be warned. Um, Connor had the uh, the the uh, pick. The pick. <laughs> I was thinking of an adjective. The dubious distinction of the pick yeah. this week. Uh, and why don't you take it away? Well, we should also mention it's going to be a sh- probably a shorter show than normal, yeah. and the quality, sound quality, will be different. So yes, we, we apologize for the lack of quality. We'll make it up for you next week. If this is your first San Diego show, sorry. If this is not, you know how this is. How it I works. regret nothing. <laughs> yeah, next week will be better as we're moving into our new state of the art studio, and Done. it will sound great. <laughs> Oh, what? 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 Is that where the budget went? <laughs> What's baffling? I'm sorry. <laughs> Expectation. Yeah. Uh, so my pick of the week was Spy- Amazing Spider-Man 600, and this week in San Diego, it was interesting because we pretty much read our comics together, which is not the normal thing. Out loud. Comics. Out loud. Yeah, around yeah, right. the circle. Yeah. <laughs> Held up the pictures. Story right. time. Story time. With, and the kids by the pool ran away because of I have a really weird take on Hal Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I am the pillar of the ring. <laughs> I always heard more Gomer Pyle. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we read them together, and that was an interesting ex- experience, but... Um, I finished my books, and the one that I kept thinking about that I enjoyed reading the most was Amazing Spider-Man 600, which was the big anniversary issue, 104 original pages, for the low price of 5.99, 4.99. Not bad for 4.99. No, I just saved no. a buck in your description. It was uh, yeah, it was uh, three sizes, three sizes in normal. What yeah, that's that like three comics. That doesn't make any sense, but it it, it whatever. Um, it is an arc unto itself. So this issue uh, culminates a lot of different storylines, and <clears throat> the big event in it is the Aunt May wedding to J. Jonah Jameson Sr., and everything leading up to that. And as you would expect in Spider-Man's life, everything goes wrong on the road to the wedding. Now, what I really liked best about this issue was it felt very classic Spider-Man, and they touched on almost all of the classic Spider-Man elements. The, he had a lot of team-ups, 
he was always the hallmark team-up guy, right? Because yeah. he's the center mm -hmm. of the action in New York. So teamed up with Daredevil, teamed up with, with the Avengers, teamed up with Fantastic Four, along, teamed up with Johnny Storm. So those are all very classic stuff. Girl Troubles, Money Troubles, J. Jonah Jameson. It's sort of, this was the touch upon every little thing with Spider-Man. And also, the, the whole idea is in this issue was that Dr. Octopus was going to take control of the city and make it run smoother because he was dying because super strong people have been beating him in the, about the head for years and years and years and finally the doctor said your brain is screwed and you don't have long to live so I thought that was, that was, that was interesting it's one of those ideas that you're amazed hasn't been come up with before <clears throat> in the you know 40 plus year history of the book nobody's had that simple brain damage discussion yeah, yeah. Well, it's like we always talk, joke about how superheroes must all have false teeth because, you know, they they get punched and you're always seeing their teeth get knocked out in those big double page spreads and it's like guys like who don't have superpowers or like Daredevil doesn't have super strength. He's just a dude with heightened senses. So like when he gets punched by the Hulk, he should die. Well, I, and I, yeah, and I like that how Doctor Octopus is talking to the doctor and 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 saying what he what he doesn't like, and you don't have any superpowers, and you don't. And he's like, nope, nope. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, there's a nice two page spread of showing him getting punched, you know, by Captain America, by Daredevil, by like him getting the flicked Hulk. by the Hulk. Yeah, flicked by the Hulk, Sandman, you know, suffocating him in sand, and all the stuff that would happen to a person. And obviously, the first thing would probably kill them in real life. But I like the bringing in some sort of real element to it. Yep. And um, beautifully drawn by John Romita Jr. Oh yeah, just a, a total. I mean, if anybody should draw, have drawn, if anybody should have drawn a landmark issue, it should be John Romita right. Jr. Yeah. And we should mention that there was a main story, which was probably about two thirds of the issue, with a great cliffhanger ending. Right. Somebody's yeah. back. As Mary Jane walks back, catches the bouquet at the wedding, and yeah. um, and then there's a bunch of backup stories by a bunch of but really talented people like Marcos Martin and and Joe Kelly and and Stan Lee. Yep, Stan Lee wrote. Stanley, he may not have would be aware of it, but he wrote it. <laughs> oh. No, no, this is all him. I just, <laughs> I just wow. looked at it. Uh, the Marcos Martin Stanley team up is worth it for the art alone, uh, but it, as a story, is very Stanley. Mm. Yeah. Well, what can you say? And I know from having read this with the guys that there's one silent member of the team that is very. Uh, not happy with this pick. Sleeping is not that I is not an opinion. <laughs> um, I, I you know I came off the the Joe Kelly arc that I really liked a lot, and I just I, I don't maybe I'm not a Dan Slott fan. I just see his style, the way that he puts the stories together, is very throwbacky for me. And I just I don't know it doesn't it doesn't scratch any itch I've got. I suppose um, the art was great. Looking through the whole book. But I, I kind of lost interest. I was, I mean, I, I, like when you talk about the premise and this stuff like that, I think that those are all really good ideas. But there are just things in it, uh, and and sort of the way that it's written and the technique and the tone that are just not my my cup of tea, as it were. So, um, hey, but more power to you. I can see that. Uh, one thing we learned in this issue is that Daredevil's second power is to bring down every other book he's in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> God, I mean, <laughs> someone lighten him up. Just yeah. a skeench. Um, I really like the uh, the Mark Guggenheim, Mitch Breitweiser, um, Aunt May backup story. Uh, visually, it just looks great. No, well, the the art, uh, you know, across the board, you had Max Fiumara. 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 From uh, I Kill John. I Kill... No, no, no. no. Blah, blah, blah. Four Eyes. Four Eyes. Yeah. And you had some really really good art in the backup stories. Um, yeah. I always get that that uh, book uh, mixed up with, with Joe Casey's uh, I Kill Giants. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> if we see Joe Casey, we should tell him we like that book. I, I, I try to tell him every day that I love I Kill Giants. 
This, uh, I mean, this this book really did. I mean, and, and Josh, you said it was kind of throwbacky, but I, I, I like that in a good way. And there was the the humor that there used to be in the Spider-Man books. Like there was a lot, bunch of you know fake mocked up covers yep. um, over the years with with jokes and things like that. And it just really you know the thing about Spider-Man always is that he you know it was you know very serious and and the you know the main hero of the Marvel universe, but always very lighthearted. And I like to see that they're not they're not losing sight of that. So. And I think throwbacky works when you're doing an anniversary issue when you're basically you know paying tribute to the whole run. Yeah. Throughout, I mean, this was a meaty, meaty comic. It took you a long time to read it. I had to put a bookmark in it. I've never <laughs> done that in my life. For a comic. <laughs> I had to come back and read I it. I was later. like, it I'm going to nights, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to deal with the rest of this on the plane. I, <laughs> I'm nodding off. I can't. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the whole issue actually was was Peter goes to help get help from the Fantastic Four because Doctor Octopus has taken over the whole city technologically, and then. He ends up saving the day, and there's a like a throwaway shot of the Fantastic Four with this big device, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, like they were all ready. Like, <laughs> we didn't even get to turn it on. <laughs> they were like prepping it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> um, it was just really. I remember, I remember jumping in the pool after reading it, and this was the, this was the issue I kept thinking about. Whenever, whenever Connor reads a book that he finds. <laughs> specifically delightful, he finds himself the need to douse himself in water. Right. So um, that was after he finished Dark Knight. He took a bath <laughs> for like a week. I submerged myself with scuba gear. Mm-hmm. I think any book I was reading under the sun by the pool would probably be my pick of the week. Mm, yeah. You would think so. Yeah. You didn't read all, some... all my least favorite books are coincidentally the ones I read at the Memphis airport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what else did we read by the pool, you guys? Well, my pick for this week was probably Green Lantern number forty-four, as the Blackest Night uh, continues, and this picks up off of where Blackest Night number one ended with. Um, uh, the Martian Manhunter, Black Lantern, sco- Zombie Lantern, a Zombie Lantern, going after uh, Hal and Barry. Um, combination of a couple of things. I thought um, Monkey's art uh, continued to kick ass, um, but basically, like, it's been cool to have Barry back in Flash Rebirth. But if you think about it, nothing's really happened in that. I mean, like, he's ran a lot and stuffs happened, and there's been including the coming out of the next issue. Right. Right. <laughs> sure, yeah, good point. But um, but in this we have you know Hal and Barry fighting you know zombie John Jones and there was just some great action sequences and like the 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 page that got me was the um, when uh, John Jones is Hal Jordan and they're up in the air and Barry just basically runs in a circle then launches himself off a broken gravestone into the air to grab Hal and it it was just like that's the kind of uh, Flash Green Lantern fighting, you know that that they those two characters were known for, and just their banter back and forth and all that kind of stuff, and, and great two page spread of Flash punching Green Lantern. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, for reasons, if you read the comic, you'd understand. Um, and just it was just it, you know for me it just had a ton of action and it was what I wanted to uh, get out of this next chapter of Black Blackest Night. There are a couple of devices in this one which I really liked. Um, when when like the Kindle and the iPod. <laughs> you can't see you can't see what I just did, but I gave him a look that would, that would melt ice cream. And every once in a while, when the Black Lantern, uh, Martian Manhunter, would look at them, you, like the the panel would be framed with a color, yep. and it would say the the emotion of that color in yeah. a spectrum of it. It was it was a really nicely produced book. I thought um, yeah. that was really nice. One of, one of the things that's really cool is that when I was looking, <laughs> it's like you're dying as we speak. <laughs> I haven't quite lost it yet. Um, it, it, to see uh, Barry and Hal next to each other, and that red and that green, which are those yep. two 
uh, big primary colors, yep. and it makes me think of the comics that I really liked. For you know, like Green's the, not primary. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> thank you, Gord. Those two bold, bold colors that I, it just made me think of those books by uh, by. Um, Ah, uh, Brave and the Bold, but yep. with Mark yep. Wade yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. Barry Kitson, yep. it's just those two those two colors next to each other in a comic book always make me happy. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they're just different from each other, but they but they're it's just it makes a really neat page. Yeah. Um, that's fun. I also really like discovering how it is the Black Lanterns work. Yep. What their deal is? Are they mindless drooling zombies? It doesn't seem like it. They've got personality left of their old, yep. uh, you know, who they were at once. You know, the first page where you look at and the, the cookie. Mm. Shit! Who built the tomb? By the way, who went up there and put together a they pyramid? They did. It was, in, it was in Final Crisis. I know, but it takes a little while. It's no, they, they took a, a pyramid, pyramid from e- Egypt. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Did. That's okay. Egypt was okay. For that. <laughs> I guess so. Aren't those? I mean, can you imagine? Oh, we need Mount Rushmore. Well, what I thought was, well, what I thought was great with with the Martian Manager was the 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 moment in the fight when he. When he picks up the firehouse and throws it on them, and he mm-hmm. says, "You know, I'm as powerful as Superman. Why does everyone forget that?" Yeah, like, that was a real. You point. know, like these great, you know, kind of character insights that that Johns is um, <laughs> picking up, which just just shows just how awesome it is. What I find interesting, and uh, we'll find out, I guess, when the next issue of Blackest Night comes out, is this basically starts when Blackest from the last scene of Blackest Night. Yep. So, how is this going to work, Bridget? Yeah. Because you figured the story in Black and White would be self-contained as much as possible. Well, there's a there's a well, the checklist tells you the order that they're in. Right. right. So, but my guess, my guess is probably that they'll they're gonna address in Blackest Night too. They'll address what happened in this. This is kind of like the right. the expanded scene, you know. And also, I just noticed from the pick the comics page on iFanboy that probably about 200 less people that bought this than bought yeah. Blackest Night. So those those people need to get on it. Interesting. Get on it. It was good. I just I think like wait, you know, they didn't have the weight. For me, that that uh, Spider-Man had, but I, I really liked it. Um, Great action. That's two weeks in a row. Somebody said that about a Green Lantern book. <laughs> but you were wrong last week. That's yeah, the apparently, that's the <laughs> yeah. nobody's nobody's brought that up. This week. <laughs> I think they brought it up at the panel. We, we were at. the only per- the only person in the world who told me that I was right was Jason Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally the only person who's agreed with me from last week. Well, he's a big guy, so I, it's I, true. I he is a he is a man. You see, you see this guy's beard. Captain Britain <laughs> and MI thirteen number fifteen. Sadly, this is the final issue of the series, and I thought it had a beautiful final page. If, Great, there, was, if there was a page of the week. It would be the final page of Captain Britain. It was so delightfully English. Yep. <laughs> anyway, it was it was a good it was a good issue. It was like the rest of them. That you know, it's not necessarily one that that knocks your socks off on every page, but at the end of it, you just go, "Good work." Yeah. You know, well, very well done. <laughs> oh, goodbye. There. See, I think I wonder how much of this was was because he had to wrap up not just the storyline, but he kind of had to. Br- Put all the pieces back the together. And, all and the characters had to sort of have their final. It, it got to, towards the end of the book. It got that feeling of okay, well, let's wrap it up. You it know? was like yeah. the last, the last scene of Six Feet Under, but in super fast motion. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was just like so all the, and you know, he brought Megan back, and yeah. all the people got. I, I would, I would have to think that there would be more because I feel as if Megan was being set up in this kind of ad- adversary kind of role, and there was going to be more strife between her and, and Brian. And the, yeah, I mean, of course, because it's ending. You know, yeah. they, we want them to end up together, so that's good. Did but you want to? see that though yeah well well no i mean that would have been a great story arc i mean that would have yeah. been you know as long as they ultimately ended up together i would think for an old school excalibur fan watching them do like have strife would be torturous no well not torturous i mean i can i can i can live with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, i mean it would be i mean uh, but the, with, if the goal was to get them back together then i'd be fine with that but um 
And also, I mean, so basically in this issue, it wrapped up the Dracula fight and, you know, the Dracula war, and they get back at Dracula, and there's some other great characters that pop up. There's De- Death's Head appeared, which is a classic old Marvel UK character. I didn't know what any of that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, no, this is, I mean, it was a great ending. It's just a shame that this book is, book has to end. But if you didn't read it, pick up the trades. Um, it'll be a great little, nice little run that you can have. So. I think if I had to pick a book this week, I would have gone with Invincible 64. Bloody Invincible number 64. <laughs> I challenge right. you to a duel. Uh, <laughs> Defend yourself. This is four issues of this in a row, basically. It sure is. A very long fight of yelling and screaming. Um, 27 pints of blood. <laughs> That's Lost. it? I think more. Um, I, I, I didn't get sick of it for whatever reason, because I liked that it was going back and forth and for a while. Jesus. It is, no wait. <laughs> I just showed I just showed Connor the two page spread of the, the rapid headbutting. The headbutting. <laughs> that, you wait though, look at the next page. Wait, yeah, look at this. Ready? Sucking whole face. Fuck. Did you know? What is wrong with him? If you have a skull and you meet somebody who has the exact same same type of skull as you, you can bash that person in the skull until his skull is gone and your skull is fine. Is that, is that, a, is that, that? a physics problem? That's, that's that's something I learned from this book. Did you know sometimes when people are fighting, they punch each other in the fist? <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, the, the reveal in this one is that, uh, this is your spoiler warning for you trade people, um, someone's not dead, who they said was dead. Which was which was great. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean it's just... Is, is it Bruce Wayne? Yes, you did, Bruce yes. Wayne. Yeah. You didn't want that. Um, but not only is this person not dead, it's they're naked, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. Let me ask you this: yeah. four issues into the fight, do I misunderstand Eve's powers, or could she just turn that guy into a can of Dinty Moore beef stew in about a second and a half? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I th- just I th- checking. Pretty much. Pretty much. She can do. I, from as far as I know, she can do anything. But she. It's, I guess she's just limited by her morality or ability. imagination yeah. and also speed. If he can move faster than ah, she can think yeah, about it okay. and start to do it, then yeah. then he's got the 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 jump on her. I, I just like that the whole time you're wondering, well, maybe this guy, you, you, you're thought to believe that maybe this guy is stronger, but, yeah. you yeah. know, obviously the hero, the hero has to win in the end. But more, more than anything... But um, isn't, isn't the whole thing with Invincible is that he's, he's, he gets stronger and stronger and stronger as it goes? Yeah, I mean, he, uh, his, his Viltrumite stock is yeah. theoretically more powerful than the guy who has a robot arm. Yeah. Yes. Um, which, but by he, the way, but he's Viltrumite too. But right, but he had a robot arm, so obviously yeah. he's not, quote-unquote, invincible. Yeah, true. Um... If nothing else, Ryan Otley, like up the game again. I mean, the page layouts, that the headbutt page we're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, it was just ridiculous. The, this, his artwork on it is incredibly detailed, incredibly well paced, and well well done. Um, pl- uh, f- uh, I can't even pronounce. It. I'm sorry. FCO placentia. FCO placentia. Placent- placentia. Placenta. Uh, I didn't want to say it. Um, placentia. The colors were not only such a huge key of this issue, mm-hmm. but awesome. Like the the pink light when when she got back in the fight, mm-hmm. and just the blood and the the, the the not only that they're colored, but the the three um, D effect of the blood that had weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, the blood splatters on the page and stuff like that really just... There's no... You can't argue with the art or the colors. It's a great deal of talent and beauty expended on looking at something absolutely awful right. for four and a half months yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> do, I, do I sense a tone of... <laughs> you, were sick of the, you were sick of this last time. Yes. Mm-hmm. It might... It, they, they better have a coffee next issue or something or I'm going to drop it. 
Yeah. Well, Kirkman makes a point at the end to say, you know, this isn't this, I, this book's always been pretty violent. Issue seven, eleven, it's always 12, been twenty three. I've always yeah, 52. and in a way that's taken me aback for years. Like yeah. it'll because it'll pop up in a way that you least expect. But it's it. always been there. And yeah. he said this, and he said the point being, Invincible's not a gore comic now. This is just another period in life of the series. Invincible will be fun again, and will be gory again, and things will progress as always. So, from a story yeah. standpoint, I don't know how they come back from this. Well, the world, but we keep saying that after every arc. <laughs> I don't know how they come back from this. I don't know how they come back from this. So and that is what makes this book fun for me. I yeah. mean, the last uh, at the last I was keeping track when when the bad guy was doing damage to everything and not just invincible. Yeah. Uh, the world is gone. Right. Yeah. The world's been destroyed. <laughs> that yeah. did happen at this. Yeah. There was all the invincible clones at the yeah. beginning. So. Yeah. yeah, they'll sort it out. Where's the comics code stamp? <laughs> there is none. There is none? none yeah, well, there's a letter in here about how come he doesn't show boobies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he goes, well, because I can show you a very violent comic, but I can't show you a nipple. Yeah. And he goes, I don't really want to. And then he kind of made fun of the guy for being like, why do you need to see a cartoon nipple? Because yeah. they're hot. <laughs> is is nudity hard to come by in some parts of this world? <laughs> yes. www.throwadart. It does all right, so Good Times with Invincible. Uh, G.I. Joe. Num- weekly G.I. Joe check Number seven. The most exciting thing about this issue was that there's a new artist on the book. Who is it? S.L. Gallant. Is it good? I think he used to work at, at Cook, Cook County. <laughs> oh. Gallant. E.R. Moving on. E.R. reference. Um, I like... Lost on me. <laughs> I know the name, but I can't picture who it is. Oh, I know oh, who it is. Yeah. I know. Sorry. Oof. <laughs> this is a G.I. Joe book I'm not reading yet. Why should I be reading it? They- you don't really. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, are you reading the other two? Yes. Then you don't need to read this one. Okay. If you really like GI Joe, then 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 this is the more classic style GI Joe. They they, they have the, the costumes, the costumes wow. and the code names and stuff. Um, it's a, supposedly I don't know how, but it's in the same world as the other two books, even though it doesn't oh. make sense. So in my head, it's just a different world. But um, and Beachhead wears his little mask in the break room. <laughs> which right. is good. Which is he never and he can't drink coffee. Yeah, so it's just always cold. Um, uh, yeah, I've been actually reading through some of the old GI Joes that I didn't read when they were coming out in like '92 or whatever, and mm-hmm. these might be easier to get. Yes. <laughs> so maybe I'll just yes. pick up with these. In this issue, Scarlet's on court martial trial because she helped Snake Eyes, who's apparently uh, a rogue. It's like Joe a special issue. trial, like there's no yeah. one's gonna know about well, it. Because it's a GI Joe, right. it's so secret. So it's a, but it's gonna be on closed circuit camera, so that all the Joes can watch her her shame. It just seems mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so apparently, no one's supposed to be associating with Snake Eyes, but she's been helping him secretly. And Duke's all jealous because he likes her, and and blah blah blah. And uh, for me, I'm just I, nothing against the old artist. I just didn't think he fit tonally with the book. Mm-hmm. He was a good artist, just wasn't wasn't the right fit. And then Cover Girl shows up, and she's an ex model, so all the guys like her, and she wears a very skimpy outfit. It was a little by the numbers this one. Yep. Um, I thought that the, the the I feel like the the love angle like Duke being the scorned crush guy mm-hmm. like it's a little forced. Yeah. It's like it's like oh, all right, so what? I suppose. I don't think it's been earned. Yeah, I yes. mean that's it. I think that maybe they're going on the fact that we know the characters a little bit, mm-hmm. and that, so they're not telling it straight from the beginning and setting up all those things that you need to. It's a better looking book than it has been. Yes. Um, by far, there's a there's a scene with with. Uh, with shipwreck, so that's awesome. I feel like if you if you have shipwreck and you can hear the voice, then the book gets ten times better. <laughs> Get the gay high pitched Jack Nicholson. Yes, I think. And then at the end, you know, Snake Eyes is doing things. Like this. I don't know. I just for me, this is more of the hardcore GI Joe book. And if you're a big GI Joe fan, then you should, then you should read it. But the other two books are really the where the action is. Yes. Cool. 
So I uh, want to take a quick moment, took a quick break in this week's books to remind you about Discount Comic Book Service, or when thank them for sponsoring the show. Um, Discount Comic Book Service is where you can get all your comics uh, via mail order. You go to their website at DCB dcbservice.com and you can uh, pick from all the books that come out uh, the, anything available in previews you can order they pack them up they ship them to your house they've got flat uh, wow where did that accent come from <laughs> they ship them to your house uh, they got flat flat rate shipping and uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah go follow those guys right? yeah, they're good they're, they're good, they're good. Yeah. So, um, so go to dcbservice.com and uh, start getting uh, start not having to worry about go to an LCS or if you don't have an LCS nearby you or you want to get some massive discounts yeah. dcbservice.com discount.com Comic book service for all your comic book ordering needs. Yeah, I hear they got like 5,400 straight paperbacks in stock. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, Jack of Fables is sort of back to normal this week, except it's not. Uh, the, the big Fables crossover is, is over. and But this one is written by a guest writer for the first time ever, Chris Robertson, who's actually part of the um, sort of the writing collective that, that Bill Willingham and Matt Sturgis belong to and, and it's how they all got together. It was but I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you the difference. It's a really good story and and we're back to the jungles with lots of monkeys and it's like a tale of Jack beforehand and it it was just one of the old fun Jack of Fable stories. Um with uh, some weird human monkey sexual interchange joke. It is so interesting time. to actually watch the Fables discussion happen live. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! It is distracting when you guys are actually having another conversation. (laughs) It's fucking distracting! (laughs) Josh is flipping through fables, and Connor and Ron are like, oh, look at this page in Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, look at that. Listen, first of all, it was G.I. Joe. You can see us visually check out. Like, we just, like, That's amazing. We were talking about the G.I. Joe Complete Collector Set, which is coming out. 17 DVDs. All the PSAs. Are they sponsoring us? No, but I, uh, but I want this now. I, I liked... I, I, I read uh, Jack of Fables Under wait, Protest. Wait, 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 Jim, we're not supposed yes. to talk to Josh oh, about Jack of Fables. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I read it under protest during the crossover, and it was okay. Uh, so I might keep going. Would you, like, just to, okay? would you like to read this one? <laughs> Perhaps I will. It brings the whole Tarzan, Edgar Rice Burroughs thing into the continuity of everything, oh. um, which is fun. That I like. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? How does it do that? <laughs> I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I didn't expect that. That's kind of cool. Tarzan into the continuity. Wait, go every Fables story. Yeah. What? Fables. Fables every, is story every story is up for everything that's ever in the public it? domain is up for grabs. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, so I thought, no, I thought there was involved. some previous Tarzan thing, and now it brought. I don't know. No. Yeah, it reconciles yeah, the Tarzan yeah, story. Yeah, no, no, no. Right. Like finally, they make sense. Finally, they address the Tarzan story that was that was brought up. You can see like an angry fan. He's dressed like Tarzan, but he's 190 pounds, and he says, "Excuse me, we're gonna watch this panel later." I would like, I would like to know how you're going to address the Tarzan continuity gap. Uh, Bill Willingham just throws an Eisner at him. Does he eat? Does he eat monkeys? This is my book. You're not <laughs> taking it from you. So Jack of Jack is Tarzan. Uh, I think that's sort of what they're getting at. He's the oh. Jack Lord of the Jungle, who's basically a Tarzan. Oh, okay. And all the monkeys. That's one of my favorite it. conceits of Fable. Curi- Curious George is in it. Uh, <laughs> no, really? He's yeah. not, he's well, they not don't, public domain. They don't name him Curious oh, okay. George. He's a monkey named George who happens to be curious. Or as my niece calls him, Curious, Curious, Curious George. <laughs> I don't know why she's added the additional curious. Have you, have you checked for a scratch? She's, <laughs> she's skipping. Is the man with the yellow hat in it? No. <laughs> He's a sexy monkey. Is Babar in this one? <laughs> <laughs> These are all the monkeys. Maybe okay. Saunders, George, too curious by half. Edgar, uh, the other orangutan. That guy's giving the middle finger. Aesop. Yeah. McGill the gorilla. 
Is um <laughs> Broad in it? No. <laughs> Clint, is that Hawkeye? It might be. It's known as Ronan. And Kong. <laughs> yeah, and Kong. Wow, all the monkeys are in this one. It's a big monkey story. Where's Mickey Dolenz? I was going to say that. <laughs> Where's Mickey Dolenz? <laughs> Good times. This actually, I'll be honest, this actually sounds interesting. <laughs> Remember the passive aggressive conversation? This actually sounds interesting. <laughs> the most unbelievable part of this to me right now is that it is closer to 1 p.m. <laughs> Not what you might think. It, it honestly hurts to talk and laugh. Yeah. It just it hurts to talk. <laughs> All right, so um, Gar- just ten more books. <laughs> Guardians-, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy number sixteen. Uh, Dan Abnett and uh, Andy Lanning uh, continuing on uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy. I just wanted to highlight this quickly because uh, two things is that they go into the future via a Doom time platform and they run into the Guardians of the Galaxy as we knew them from the early nineties. Um, the Valentino run. <laughs> What? I thought maybe Tarzan. <laughs> no, no, no Tarzan. But um, but more more than anything, there's a new artist on the issue that I really liked, um, and I'm trying to find the name, and I can't find it. Wouldn't he be in the first page? Possibly. <laughs> no, not so much. Um, Second page? No, not so much. Page eight. <laughs> Man, they really... Josh, you still, you still uh, Wesley Craig was the penciler, and it had a very kind of um, animation-y, kind of cartoony kind of look to it, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I liked it a lot. So, Guardians of the Galaxy, all. I felt like it was a little because in the it's in the middle of this whole war, and it yeah, like all just, of a sudden they they aren't. It's a loose tie to war case, <laughs> right? But they were in the middle of the whole thing last time. Yeah, and then it they went in the this, But it seemed like what this does is a setup for they're going to be the ones who stop the war. Yes, but yeah. I, I don't know. I was kind of like, can we get back to what we were doing? Oh, we will. We, I know. Who's oh, going to stop the war? The old Guardians of the Galaxy? No, the no, new one. I noticed so. there's no War of Kings banner on it. Anyway. There is. There's a little thing oh, on there. A little dot. Yeah. Oh, how discreet. I, the only, like the only thing about it was that, uh, the thing that was neat was that all of a sudden there was these huge high stakes. Like, the universe was getting completely destroyed. They were stuck in the future and life sucked. Yep. Uh, right away. Yep. So that's always fun. Yeah. So, good times, though. But the art was the real jump out for me. I love Jack Flagg. He's my favorite new addition to this book, by the he's way. He's really good. He's, he's yeah, great. He, yeah, I he's loved really him. Good. I picked that Thunderbolts issue that Warren Ellis yeah. put him in because I liked him a lot. And, yeah. and You like the hair. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. I like that in late 80s rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he's a, he's, a, he's a neat character. Cool. So, uh, Jim Ski, uh, you want to talk about... Oh, uh, last issue of Eric Schenauer and Scotty Young's Wizard of Oz came out this week. And Did you get home? I, as it turns out, they decided not to change the ending, and uh, she she made it home. Uh, it's a very faithful adaptation of the book. Maybe not do androids dream of electric sheep faithful, but uh, not every word is represented, but it's pretty damn faithful. And uh, before I was into comics, I was into L. Frank Baum's Oz books when I was, you know, nine, ten years old. Did you know, speaking of L. Frank Baum books, that he wrote it here in San Diego in the Hotel Del Coronado? Are you kidding? I no, had no idea. I swear to God, he he, he held himself up at the Hotel Del Coronado. That hotel's haunted, is it? Yeah, it's one of those like when you watch the History Channel, like the yeah. top ten. Yeah, no, he, he wrote he wrote the entire book all here in San Diego. Well, or the Hotel Del, as locals call. Yeah. What a, what a bit of serendipity that is. Yeah, Marvel has been grabbing novels out of the public domain and hiring discount artists that they found in the parking lot of the Home Depot <laughs> to uh, to illustrate them. And uh, so, my, Scotty, listen. Wait, 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 wait. But 
the, so I didn't know what to expect out of this. All I knew was that I loved Scotty Young, mm. and this has been outstanding. You mean they put I, a real artist on this that's, one? That is yeah. correct. He's doing a take. Jesus, he will call us. <laughs> he's doing a take that I want to say the illustrator was Kevin O'Neill in the nineteen turn of the century, but uh, turn of the last century, I guess. Uh, and he's Kevin doing he's still working. He's doing a take that, uh, he's doing that a makes take it sound like much longer ago, but it's, it was only ten years. Doing it no 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 like doing a take that's completely different from the illustrations in the original books. Doing a take that's completely different than the movie that everybody's familiar with, mm-hmm. but it is completely charming and it gets all of the characters and. Uh, this is the last issue, so as far as jumping on points go, I don't know well, so much. The hardcover is coming out very that's shortly. That's my hope. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, to, I'm gonna get that uh, when it comes out. Yeah, uh, there are only eight issues. So. Yeah. Yep. And, and I have a. They're doing another one too. That's exactly right. They're keeping the train rolling. I was uh, I was hoping he was going to. They're going to so do an adaptation of the Whiz. Scotty or Eric? Uh, I think I saw Eric. I Eric Shannon. He's at his uh, Age of Bronze tip table. I was going to give Scotty a big full kiss on the beard when I saw him, but he's not here. I guess so. Uh, all I yeah, all I can say is that. It is completely charming, and you'd have to be some kind of churl not to like it, and I can't wait to have it on my shelf to read to my two-year-old, and I can't wait. I hope they do the next 14 books. And if anything, it's, it's probably the earliest forerunner for next year's Eisner's. Oh, good. Yeah, they're gonna, they're, they don't get nominated. I like the way yeah. you think, Richards. All right. Gordon, did you read that? I did, yeah. I haven't read the last one, but I know how it ended. <laughs> I know the ending. Well, you, you like. I mean, what did you, what did you think of it? I mean, did you share with Jim's? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Ooh. <laughs> Yes, I liked it a lot. It uh, it was just one of those I picked up because I'm an Oz fan. So, mm-hmm. you know, I like it. Good stuff. <laughs> like prison? Because me and Kyle like that show. It was a different kind of Oz. I see. So, um, uh, all right, well, moving on. Uh, phonogram, uh, the Singles Club uh, issue number four came out. Um, and I haven't I haven't been online that much at all this week, so I don't know what the general fan reaction to this has been. And I was I'm hoping that it's not negative. <laughs> Because at on uh, first glance it looks fairly simple in that this issue focuses on the DJs at the nightclub, um, Seth Bingo and the Silent Girl. So just set a camera up. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's awesome. Cool. It's pretty much it's just a six panel grid throughout the entire issue, just focused the same view of them behind the DJ booth um, and them DJing through the night and the ups and downs of DJing and trying to get people to dance and picking what song and dealing with people making requests and the insanity that is Seth and his judgment judgment of people and. It's so simple, but so like delicately intricate. Yep. It's it's. There's it a lot of great storytelling just through the expressions and the body language. Yeah. It's all body language. Yeah. They're they're angry at each other, and there's a great there's a great sequence where they get mad, they get in each other's faces, and they flip around like the hair's flying. There's yeah. a lot of great storytelling in the. Yeah. He's, he's really 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 good at making his characters act. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's a huge thing. Really good, and then and then it ends in a beautiful two page spread that kind of you know kind of represents the whole magic of music type aspect of, of all the characters of this particular story dancing in a star field around the DJs, and it's just great. And it, this is just a, a blast of an issue, and and every each issue is is different than the one before, and it's just been so much fun to. to it also references the previous issues, and yep. there is I mean there is a there is a thread. There's oh yeah, there's a continuity. Yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, there's kind of there's, there's a thread of a story. Yes, totally. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is kind of a, there's a threat of a story. Uh, thread, a thread. <laughs> and then there's also a great, great uh, backup story by um, with art by David Lafuente and colors by Christina Strain. That was uh, a blast to read. That was you know as well as one by um, another backup story by with uh, art by Charity Larison. Um, and I just I mean I just loved how you know together and complete you know this whole as an issue is you know like you get the story you get all the written pieces you get these backup stories it just it gives you so much for your for your money so i hope la fuente is famous by this time next year he should be once ultimate spider-man comes out i think big things 
Hey, let's end this on another book that everybody's totally interested in. Uh, <laughs> Hellblazer number, I have to find this number, is 257. Pete Milligan, I don't think Pete Milligan's writing this. <laughs> because I don't, I, I, like I read it. Greek Street, I read mm-hmm. almost everything else he's ever written, and I have not enjoyed it. But this is, this, this Hellblazer. really hung in there. <laughs> that's, I, I haven't read everything he's ever written. But everything I've written, read of his was not my, my, my thing. Uh, but this has been good since he came on. Uh, it's really fun. There's a... Uh, like, John is trying to get a girlfriend, basically. But he's kind of a bastard, so he does some things that are wrong. But he actually really likes her. But, he, you know, it's one of those people who's so tough that he can't mm-hmm. just do it the right way. And she's really smart because she's a doctor and everything. So she's sort of a, a match for him in a way. At the same time, he's dealing with all sorts of demonic shit and things like that. And he's got this... Uh, what what they did was he he had some curse or something on him. He gets this scab that that comes all over his body, and the only way that he can get over it is to eat like this uh, skin, like dead flesh skin that he has to get from you know bad occult people, and he it's like he's turning into an addict, like he's a heroin addict basically. But that's the only way that he can stop the the creeping skin from going all over him. And then one of the demons falls in love with him, and she goes after the girl and. It's it's very dramatic and soap opera-y and fun and and John is a bastard. He's like a he's like a, a Vic Mackey sort of character mm-hmm. where he's not a good guy, but you want to watch him and you you think oh he's you know maybe he's not that no he is bad. Well maybe <laughs> this time he's no he is very bad. Um, and Giuseppe Camicoli, uh is is killing it. He gets better at this all the time. Say uh, it again. Giuseppe Camagoli. I thought we were gonna get by without him doing that. <laughs> I didn't do it. No. I was <coughs> all right. I was requested. So um, cool. So that wraps up this week's books, and we just want to probably take a quick shout out and thank everybody in San Diego who came out to the to our party uh, that was uh, last night, Friday night, late last night, late last night. Uh, we had a great time. It was so great. It was so great to see so many members from the iFan base. It's been really cool to see all of you out at the San Diego Con wearing iFanboy T-shirts. I've, yeah. I've had, we've actually had comments made to us by other people going. Man, everyone's wearing iFanboy shirts. Like we, a lot of people are noticing it, which is awesome. So thank you to everybody. I've really Does, been, I've been enjoying the one or two times I've watched people walk right past us with iFanboy t-shirts, completely unaware that we were standing. <laughs> yeah, right and, yeah. And, and Josh yesterday was even like, "Hello, hello," <laughs> not even a notice, just yeah. waltzed right by. I liked being at the party where people were like, "And what do you do?" I'm like, "It's our party. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here? Real <laughs> <Our> parties." <laughs> So thank you to everybody who came out, and we hope everybody who's been to San Diego is having a great time like we are. Um, so we apologize again for the quality of this audio podcast. But, you know, but <laughs> what again. the? Oh, audio quality. So, <laughs> in what way? Go, go to ifanboy.com. Check out all the great written stuff there. Email us, contact at ifanboy.com. Leave a voicemail at 188-FANBOYS-326-2697. Um, Be a member. Come be a member if you like this. Free content. Go to ifanboy.com forward slash store where you can sign up for a membership. Go previous podcasts to hear the details. Of yeah, look at you're, getting, you're getting out of it this week, you lucky bastard. <laughs> yes, and you can also pick up the, the Power Responsibility t-shirt in the iFanboy store. So go to iFanboy.com forward slash store. So did you guys hear that I was nominated uh, for an Eisner? Well, I and heard you I'm, got the Marvel Man. Dick. I'm the new writer of Marvel Man. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's like from zero to 60. Yeah. <laughs> I was told I was never going to get to read Marvel Man. You're still yeah, not. You're still not. <laughs> I, I don't know how to write. Oh, <laughs> All right, so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm bored the <laughs> Jim, it's Gideon. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Josh. All right, Batman. Batman? Should we goodbye? Why is it okay if Christian Bale does it? But, <laughs> or it's not okay when Christian Bale does it, but it's fine when Rorschach does it. Why is that? That's the question of the cop. Bye. <laughs>